The kid has done it again. He's now two for two. How about that? Well, each time he does it, it's getting a little easier. I mean, he's got all the confidence in the world right now. He really believes, and so do the guys playing behind him. What a win for this club. Now, that, the guy they are talking about is Camilo Doval, and Doval we will talk about at some point this segment because he he really I haven't I haven't seen reaction to a closer like that I saw with Camilo Doval yesterday. So he was really the story in the ninth inning. But what shouldn't get lost in the shuffle is what happened earlier on in that game. So let's backtrack here because the first six innings, it was just nothing but goose eggs for both the Giants and the Diamondbacks yesterday. And a lot of that is due to... Well, the Giants not really executing when they needed to against Merrill Kelly, who has a beard. Uh, I made this joke. Merrill Kelly, the pitcher for the Diamondbacks last night, the starter, has the beard that Austin Slater wishes that he has. <laughs> he actually has a beard that every white guy wishes that they had. <laughs> like that's what that's what the every generic white guy beard tries to create. There is that is that lineup. But anyway, nevertheless. Merrill Kelly had a good start, though. He was managing to get out these innings, but Alex Wood. Alex Wood is not a guy that I've really talked too much about in the second half of this season. I thought Alex Wood was very impressive uh, early on in the year. I thought he was um, showing something that, an element to his game that I hadn't really seen from a lot of these giant starters, which is he works quick, he's a lefty, he changed speeds on his fastball and his slider, and he has that back foot slider on right-handers, which is just oh-so-deadly. But um, Alex Wood, six innings pitched, gave up three hits, didn't give up an earned run, and he struck out six. This was easily his best start since, man, I'm going back all the way to... July 25th when he played the Pirates and he had 8 Ks and gave up maybe one earned run but this is his best start since then I understand the two teams that we're talking about here are the Pirates and the Diamondbacks but Alex Wood to me with the playoff experience that he has being with the LA Dodgers at one point in his career he's crucial in these playoffs you know, he's going to be... I, I I think that between him and Di Sclafani, it's still up in the air as to how the starting rotation is going to go. <laughs> who, who knows if they're going to be even playing in a five-game series as of yet, because I thought the Dodgers lost. I, I, I really did. I went to sleep as soon as the Giants game was over. Didn't really have my eye on the Dodgers-Padres game. Then come to find out, I wake up this morning and I look at the headline, Dodgers hit four homers in comeback win over the Padres. So still, the magic number uh, as of right now is three. But Alex Wood is going to be crucial in these playoffs, and I don't know if they're going to be starting him over DeSclafani, how it's going to work with the third starting pitcher, but if Logan Webb and Kevin Gosman don't start the way you want them to, let's just say they're 1-1 in a series or maybe 2 nothing down, you're going to need that third starting pitcher to step up. And if that's Alex Wood, I think that could be the guy. This, again, it's still up in the air between him and DeSclafani, so we'll see how that works out. But Alex Wood having a good... 
what is determined to be his last start of the regular season. And here's what Gabe Kapler had to say regarding Alex Wood's start. Very little weak contact, um, as usual, working fast, crisp pace, attacking the strike zone. Um, took him a while to get in in, uh, in a rhythm with the slider, but then that started coming around as well. The changeup was good from the outset. Clean, efficient inning innings and um, just a high-quality start for us. So again, it was six innings of goose egg baseball, but then in the seventh inning... As the uh, as uh, as the Giants get out of the seventh, out of the top of the seventh with uh, Dominic Leone, but in the bottom of the seventh, the Giants did something that we haven't seen in a very long time. It's playing small ball in order to get the run. Now, here's how it went down: Tommy Lastella led off the inning, gets on with the single, but Tommy Lastella has actually been playing. At not 100%. He's been playing... I don't want to say playing hurt because that makes him... That makes it sound like he's completely injured. But he hasn't been playing at 100%. So, Gabe Kapler puts in Steven Duggar to go pinch run at first. Duggar manages to steal second. Then Lamont Wade Jr. comes up. Gets a sacrifice bunt. How often do we see that? Where there's a runner on second... You got no outs, and they put down a sacrifice bunt. We haven't seen the Giants do that. Normally, they've been relying on their bats just to either hit a home run or maybe get a double in the gap, whatever it is, especially with a guy whose nickname is Late Game Lamont. But Lamont Wade puts down the sacrifice bunt, gets Duggar to third, and then Chris Bryant hits him in with a sacrifice fly, makes it a one nothing ball game, and that proved to be the only run that the Giants needed in order to win this one. Normally, with the team that's leading the National League, not only that, not only leading the National League, but leading the Giants franchise in home runs in a regular season with 237 right now, they go ahead and try and do play some small ball in order to get a run when nothing was really working in the first six innings as far as clutch situations. And Gabe Kapler... The explanation that he gave after the game regarding that bottom half of the seventh inning here to get that run in, I mean, just listen to that explanation here. Full disclosure, it's not it's not the the way we're kind of designed to win games. And look, I think you lead Tommy off because you know he's a, he's a great leadoff hitter. Um, I think think he gives you your best chance to get on base. So that's why we we made that decision, understanding that he wasn't fully um, fully healthy. And also understanding that we had a good chance to steal that base. It's a reason for, for uh, you know, getting Duggar in there. So it's not easy to burn two players in that situation. I mean, you, in theory, you could say Duggar can lead off that inning and uh, find a way to get on base with a hit as well. But we felt like the combination of those two guys um, could do something good for us. And um, Lamont bunted on his own. Uh, respect that. One of the things that we talked to our players about is, if you feel like that's the best way to to move the runner, potentially get a base hit, go for it. I don't think Lamont would have, was at his best in in that at bat, uh, mainly because of um, the play in, in right field. I just don't think he was, you know, one hundred percent for that at bat, and, and that's why we left Duggar in the game. Um, very difficult to lead, to take Lamont's bat out of the lineup in a one run game. So, I mean, that's the kind of the story of that inning. Substitutions. How many times has Gabe Kapler put in a pinch hitter or a pinch runner and it's worked out? They have the most pinch hit home runs in the major leagues. And as far as I've checked, no one's even come close to it. 
Whenever he puts in, uh, whenever he puts in a guy from the bullpen or pinch hits a guy in a certain in a certain part of the lineup, he makes a lot of the correct moves. And not only that, but that tidbit about Lamont Wade. The fact that he wasn't even told to bunt. He did it on his own because, well, he is playing at not 100% either due to what happened earlier on in the game uh, when, he was, uh, when he was playing in right field. But uh, <laughs> you got to look at that inning and just think, you know, there's been so many ways that the Giants have won. In, 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 you know, depending on whether it's defense, with the with the with pitching, whatever it is, but I haven't seen it done where they've had just a one run ball game where it's one nothing. I, I off the top of my head, I can't even count how many one nothing ball games that they've had. But just to do it where the only run is done, not not with a solo homer that that's in the bottom of the seventh inning, but with small ball, and those are the little things that you're going to have to do in order to win. Now. Sure, the lineup did not play as well as you'd want him to. I mean, if you go down the list here from Crawford, who was batting cleanup, all the way to Yastrzemski, who was batting seventh, they had a total of 14 guys between those four batters. When you go fourth through the seventh in the lineup, between those guys, they had 14 total players left on base. So there was some left to be desired there as far as clutch hitting, and I don't know if that's going to carry over into the postseason or not. So you do want you last night you did want the lineup to show out a little more, but since they weren't, you went to your bullpen, and Dominic Leone and Harlan Garcia got through their innings, no problem. Well, Dominic Leone gave up a single, but then ended up getting the double play, so no harm done there in the seventh. Harlan gets, Garcia gets out in the eighth, but then it's a one nothing ball game, and guess who comes in in the ninth inning? It is one Camilo Doval. They've been putting him in more high-leverage situations here, in save situations, and this one last night... I started off the show with this, but again, I've never seen social media reaction to a closer the way that I've seen it with Doval. And if he hasn't convinced you that he's going to be the closer moving forward or he should be the closer moving forward, I I don't know what else he needs to do. I mean, the dude throws 100 miles an hour. He's got a slider that could go 88-89. He appears to have it under control. And I don't normally do this. I don't normally do this. I'm just a 5 a.m. host. You know, it's not like I have a ton of sources. However, I do with the Giants in their minor leagues. And Camilo Doval has been the most talked about pitcher down there since last season. You know, this dude, I was informed about this guy in 2020. It was just a, you know, last season when it was kind of coming to a close and we had the 60 game year. I was asking, you know, what am I going to look for? Are are any guys going to get called up? What should I look for next season? And I was told, look out for this guy, Doval. He throws 100 and also has this nasty breaking ball, but also he needs to get it under control. And once he does, he can be lights out. And so I followed that up with how Camilo Doval's been doing now. And I asked, like, hey, is there anyone else uh, besides Camilo Doval? Is there another Camilo Doval waiting in the minor leagues? He's like... No, this is the high bar. Like, this is the guy that they are hoping that they can turn into something. And with what he's shown in these two saves already, you might have a closer of the future here. And I think that you have gotten a closer for the postseason if you had any question marks surrounding that. 
888-957-9570, though. I want to know from you at the text line or the phone number, should Doval be the closer going into the postseason? 888-957-9570. And speaking of closers in the postseason, a wacky story from the Milwaukee Brewers yesterday. If you missed it, well, I'll talk about that next. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Again. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. Stephen Langford in with you. And in about 20 minutes or so, at 5.35, I mean, it's 5.18, so, you know, a little less than that. But I'm not going to just say, yo, yeah, 16 minutes from now and then have you try and figure that out. In about 20 minutes or so, I'm going to replay some of the Tread Williams interview on with Damon Rado and Kolsky. He was on, and he was fantastic. So if you missed it, stick around, 5.35. Going to be replaying a portion of that interview for you. But still want to talk about the Giants here, because last night in their one nothing win, setting a record... Most wins in the regular season in San Francisco Giants history. Here's what Gabe Kapler had to say about breaking that record. I think our players can and should be proud. I mean, all of us uh, collectively can and should be proud of of setting the San Francisco Giants single season mark for wins. It's, it's a huge accomplishment. This team has done so many good things. And to say that this club has won more games than any other Giants team, San Francisco Giants team, is it's quite fulfilling. And it's unbelievable because for me, I'm, you know, I'm 28 years old. I, you know, was really cognizant of baseball by the time they started winning these World Series and, and getting through it. But also, I remember watching those teams in the regular season, re- regular season, especially in 2014, especially in 2014 when they got swept at home with a four game series and it was in August, yet somehow they managed to, to come back and win the World Series that year. But none of those regular seasons, there were a couple, maybe in 2012 more so than 2010, but in those regular seasons, they didn't have me glued to my TV every single night like this team has. You know, some of those games you could just you could fall asleep early, maybe fall asleep in the sixth or the seventh inning or, or or whatever. If the game was going on too long, if you had other stuff to do, you felt like the Giants were gonna get into the postseason at some point. But just with how unexpected everything's been, you know, at this point in the year, 
really, I, I'm, and this is something that we haven't even uh, that we haven't really even talked about. But it, it's September 30th, and we haven't even mentioned any of these minor leaguers once. Once. We haven't talked about Elliot Ramos. We haven't talked about Joey Bart. We haven't talked about Marco Luciano. That's what this regular season team has done at a point where we are paying attention to what's going on over in the low way in San Jose Giants baseball just to see how these young guys with Luis Matos and, again, Luciano and those guys, Kyle Harrison, seeing how they're progressing because they're supposed to be the future for this Giants team. But what they've done this year is just nothing short of remarkable. Nothing short of remarkable. And I'm, you know, you you can draw what you will from that. There's so much. There's only so much that I can say about a 104 uh, win regular season. I can go on and on about it. But I do want to go into the specifics of what's been happening in these past couple of games because the Giants have been in situations where there's a save opportunity for a closer, and we've been going back and forth on it, going back and forth. You know, whether it's uh, Tyler Rogers or Jake McGee? Who needs to be the setup man? Who needs to be the closer? And Tyler Rogers, I, I don't want to take anything away from him. I don't want to take anything away from what he's done this year. The dude has been fantastic for a majority of the season. A majority of the season. At one point, his ERA was at like a 1.6. He was at a 1.6. Like, that's unbelievable, right? And now he's up to a 2.3 run after giving up uh, a few earned runs this month. He hasn't been that good this month, not at, at least especially in the back half here, ever since that, uh, that game against the Braves where he gave up three earned. But there are some question marks with Rodgers now. There really are, and you know it's it's a tough season. You know it's it's a marathon, not a sprint, and you can't blame every single player who maybe cools off after being red hot for the entirety of the season. So when you got that combined with Jake McGee, we haven't seen Jake McGee in a while because of the IL, but we know Jake McGee. We understand what he's going to do. You know, he's going to try and locate that 95, 96 mile an hour fastball as best as he can. But that's going to be the only pitch that he really throws. Sure, he might work in a slider every now and then. But for the most part, we know that it's going to be a fastball at 95 miles an hour. Like, we can expect that from Jake McGee. And even in the even as the season was going on, even as we're watching Jake McGee just notch up save after save after save, even as we've seen Jake McGee get out of jams and help this team win some ball games. I mean, he has 31 saves on the year, but I do think that if they manage to make it to a five-game series, and I can't believe we're even getting to that point where we're, we're talking about, oh, well, maybe they could still get the wild card. You never know what could happen in these next few games. I mean, the magic number right now is three. The Dodgers remain two games back, so they still have a chance, but we can assume that they'll be involved in a five-game series. And if they are... And let's just say that the series goes all five to start out in the NLDS. If you're bringing in Jake McGee in three of those five games, is he really going to be fooling those hitters at this point? But what they've brought in from what they've got from Camilo Doval these past couple of games, what he's shown in terms of his 
in terms of his explosiveness, this dude, it, it looks effortless damn near. I mean, there's, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on the Reds pitcher? Why am I blanking on the Reds pitcher? Hang on. Oh man, I'm, oh, this is, this is not good radio. Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo over with the Cincinnati Reds starter. He throws 98, 99, throws gas, but makes it look effortless. And Camilo Doval uses the entire length of his arm. He doesn't short arm the ball. He doesn't three-quarter release it. This dude uses the entirety of his arm to throw all 100 miles an hour, but at the same time, he makes it look effortless. And then with the same motion, with the same motion, he's able to throw that 88-mile-an-hour slider, and locate it. And locate it. That's how he ended the game last night. That's how he ended the previous save. Like, this dude, he needs to be the closer in the postseason. He needs to be the closer. Tyler Rogers and Jake McGee, I think if they come, by the time they come back, Jake McGee is gonna, has thrown some bullpen, so we'll wait to see him. But those guys can bring something in the 7th and 8th inning. I think they could be very good. But with Camilo Duvall closing things out, you got a guy who throws in the triple digits and then could get it down to 88? He needs to be the closer. Needs to be. From the 408, don't lie, you're a 40-year-old homer. <laughs> Love that. From the 574, nice song intro, nice guy. Love Alabama Shakes. Alabama Shakes, very underrated. From the 209, he needs to be our closer, especially the way Rodgers and McGee and others have been inconsistent. Rodgers had me nervous that previous inning. Can't have those situations in the ninth. 100%. 100%. And if you go with the five, seven-game series... Those guys are going to get figured out at some point. I think that was the downfall for Tyler Rogers last year in the 60-game season. You know, he wasn't very good last season, not only just because of the, the volume that he was getting. I mean, he's been getting the same this year. He's pitched just as much as any pitcher in baseball. But last season, you're just playing teams in the West. And at some point within that 60-game stretch, they're going to start getting used to Tyler Rogers in that motion and that release and that rising fastball and different things like that. And it's going to be the same in a five- and a seven-game series. But Camilo Duvall, even if you know it's going to be either a fastball or a slider, that stuff's hard to hit. That stuff's going to be way too hard to hit for these guys. Way too hard. So I think that, if anything, he has gotten Giants fans' hopes very, very high right now in terms of their closer of the future. I haven't seen a reaction like I saw on Twitter last night when everyone has finally come around on Camilo Doval. You know, he started out uh, earlier on this year. Him and him and Gregory Santos both. Gregory Santos, there's a lot that's expected from him um, as well. Him and Camilo Doval are going to be the guys in the future. That's what the Giants are hoping for, at least. But... I think with Doval, you get something here, which is the drawing of fans. This is the type of guy that's going to get them excited. This is the type of guy that's going to make them stick around. This is the type of guy where you're going to want to stay up until you know, 10, 15, 10, 30, however late the game is. And if it's a one-run ball game and he's coming in in the ninth, man... I, I think Gabe Kapler has no choice but to make this guy the closer. And the way that he's handled it, too. The way that he's handled it. He didn't put him in these high-leverage situations earlier on in the season. But now, when this guy's gotten his confidence, he's done enough in the bullpen to where he feels like he can be the guy. 
I mean, Camilo Doval is super young, too. Haven't even mentioned how young he is. I mean, he's in his early 20s. He's 24 years old. I think he could take on this pressure. Now, speaking of young relievers that could be, uh, that will be playing in the postseason, or at least whose team will be playing in the postseason, but this is just funky, man. But Devin Williams from the Milwaukee Brewers is likely to miss their entire postseason run after punching a wall when he had a few drinks following Sunday's game where they clinched the division title. Punched the wall out of anger because they partied a little too hard after that game on Sunday. And now Devin Williams, who was the rookie of the year last season, and I know everyone's going to come down on him and be, and and, you know, I understand Milwaukee fans, they're probably not going to take it easy on the guy, but like, you got to understand, your team's going into the postseason. And Devin Williams, Devin Williams is young. Again, remember, I just said uh, Camilo Duvall's 24. This dude was a rookie of the year uh, at 26. It took him a while, but. The Brewers now are going to be playing the Atlanta Braves uh, in the NLDS, and the Giants are going to be playing whoever uh, wins that wild card game, or vice versa. I mean, the Dodgers could be playing whoever wins the wild card game between the uh, the Giants and the Cardinals. But it's going to be the Brewers versus the Braves in the uh, in the other NLDS uh, in the other NLDS series. So, can they still win it without Devin Williams? Sure, but there's a chance. There's a chance that the Giants, if they do get past the division series, that's going to be the one to watch. If they're going up against the Dodgers, that's going to be the series to watch, man. But if they make it to the NLCS, and let's just say they are facing the Brewers, they are going up against, or they won't be going up against the guy in Devin Williams who just gave them a ton of trouble earlier on this year when they played that series in Milwaukee. Devin Williams looked good against the Giants. There was that one outing they had where they finally figured him out, but there was a time where just Devin Williams looked absolutely unhittable. I just that this is going to go down though in the the pantheon of dumb sports injuries. But this one more than any of those other ones, you know. I mean, Jesus Lazardo, whatever breaking his breaking his hand playing video games. I mean, that eventually just got him traded. I always remember Kendricks Morales ending his season when he hit a walk-off grand slam in the on opening day. I always remember that when he when he celebrated at home plate, jumped on home plate awkwardly. I mean, this is going to go down in history. And Trevor Bauer, you remember Trevor Bauer? I know we don't really talk about it too much because of what's been going on this season, but back when he was with Cleveland, you remember when he cut his finger with the droid with a with a with a with a, wait, with a what with a droid with a drone. <laughs> with a drone. I'm not saying droid. What am I talking about? Star Wars? Whatever. Drone, droid, same thing. But when he cut his finger on the drone, you remember the outrage in the playoffs? Wow, that guy's an idiot. That guy's dumb. I mean, imagine what's going to happen here with Devin Williams once uh, more people come around to this story because that was uh, one of the top stories in Major League Baseball yesterday. That's just unbelievable that he punched a wall in frustration even after they'd clinched the National League Central title. And they're going to need him in that postseason if they want to have that run because they're not going to do it necessarily with their lineup. They're going to be doing it with their starters and their bullpen as well. All right, coming up next, 
Trent Williams, left tackle. He was on with Damon Ratto and Kolsky. I want to play a portion of that interview for you because he was fantastic. We got some sound from Kyle Shanahan to get to. And then also, there's one other tidbit that Gabe Kapler said at the end of his post-game interview. And I think that you should all be looking, we should all be looking forward to this tonight. So we'll get to that next. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. I'm calling an audible here. I'm calling an audible. Normally, every day after Damon Radwinkowski have on their certain 49ers player, whether it's, you know, Alex Mack from week one, whether it's Debo Samuel from week two, whether it's Trent Williams from yesterday. I like to replay them for you, but there's just too much going on here with the Giants and their 104 wins on the regular season in the storyline surrounding baseball in the National League right now. And we will get to actually Kyle Shanahan and what he had to say yesterday because he spoke to the media and was asked about Trey Lance as he's going to be asked uh, every single week. And I want to get a gauge on the 49er fans and where they're at now uh, with Garoppolo versus Lance. Because, look, I I don't know where you're at now. It changes week to week. So we'll get to that um, a little later on in the show. But with that 104th win, with the way that they did it, and and let's just break that down here from the Giants win over the Diamondbacks. Now, Alex Wood went six strong innings. And I think Alex Wood is going to be Very important in the postseason. Look, I love Logan Webb. Logan Webb has been one of the best pitchers in the National League. But there's a lot of pressure that rides on a postseason game, especially if you're the start, if you're the number one guy. There's a lot of pressure that comes along with it. Now, granted, Logan Webb has proven that he can live up to that pressure. You know, whether it's that start against the Brewers that he had a little while back. Situations where the Giants needed wins, and Logan Webb helped them do that. But also, you never know. You never know in the postseason, right? It's completely different. Kevin Gosman. Kevin Gosman, same thing. Lights out in the first half of the season. Hasn't been that good in the second half. Has started to pick it up here and there. Has had some good starts and some bad starts. But... The lack of postseason experience, I think, is something that can be mentioned. However, Alex Wood does not lack the postseason experience. He's played with the L.A. Dodgers in their postseason runs going back to 2018. So Alex Wood has that has that experience, and that's going to be important going into the uh, going into this NLDS here. And if Webb and Gosman. You know, don't necessarily have the best of starts, and you're relying on, let's just say, you're relying on your bullpen in order to uh, keep the game intact, and you're relying on the lineup to get the clutch hit when they need it. Let's just say that happens, and the lineup might be worked, the bullpen might be tired. You're going to need your third guy to have a great start in game three of the playoffs if that comes around. And Alex Wood. I'm not sure if he's going to be the third or fourth guy, but with the experience that he's had, I think that he should be. 
And with the way that he pitched last night, it's going to be his last start in the regular season. I think he's done enough to where he could be that third guy. But we go into the seventh inning, and I want to break down this part of the game here. Because the seventh inning, in the bottom of the seventh, Listella leads off with a single. Then they pinch run Steven Duggar over at first. Steven Duggar steals second. Then Lamont Wade, with a 1-1 count, lays down a sacrifice bunt to get Duggar over to third. And then Chris Bryant, with the sacrifice fly, gets him in. And then with two outs, Buster Posey gets on with a single. But then Brandon Crawford uh, grounds out, and the inning's over. So that's the only run that they're going to get, and that's the only run that they'll need. We have not seen the Giants do that all that often this season. If they're in need of a run... They would rely on guys like Lamont Wade and uh, you know any other any other player on this roster to get it done, possibly with the home run or the big hit. But instead, Lamont Wade lays down the bunt, and then Chris Bryant hits him in with a sacrifice fly. Now, here's how Gabe Kapler broke it down after the game. You got to listen to this because these are the types of decisions that are made. Where, sure, they might have been made because these players are, are, are not playing at 100%. But listen to what Gabe Kapler had to say here after the game regarding that bottom of the seventh inning. Full disclosure, it's not, it, it's not the, the way we're kind of designed to win games. And look, I think you lead Tommy off because, you know, he's a, he's a great leadoff hitter. Um, I think, think he gives you your best chance to get on base. So that's why we, we made that decision, understanding that he wasn't fully, um, fully healthy and also understanding that we had a good chance to steal that base. It's a reason for, for, uh, you know, getting Duggar in there. So it's not easy to burn two players in that situation. In theory, you could say Duggar can lead off that inning and, uh, find a way to get on base with a hit as well. We felt like the combination of those two guys, um, could do something good for us. And, um, Lamont bunted on his own. Uh, respect that. One of the things that we talk to our players about is if you feel like that's the, the best way to to move the runner, potentially get a base hit, go for it. I don't think Lamont would at, was at his best in in that at bat, uh, mainly because of um, the play in, in right field. I just don't think he was, you know, 100% for that at bat. And, and that's why we left Duggar in the game. Um, very difficult to lead, to take Lamont's bat out of the lineup in a one run game. So I mean, that's the kind of the story of that inning. So you hear that and you think, man, that has not happened too often this season. And out of this regular season, here's why I'm most looking forward to what they can do in the playoffs. But real quick, from the 408, the 408 is making some great points here, some great points. Can we talk about how the Giants have had virtually zero room for error to clinch the division and they have been killing it? They have to have a franchise here to get the West and beat the Dodgers, in all caps. Unreal! I mean, Dave Fleming was talking about this on the Morning Roast earlier on this week when he joins them uh, every Tuesday, but that could change depending on how the playoffs shake out. But Dave Fleming was on the Morning Roast, and he said that, you know... This closing stre- this stretch run of the year, and I'm paraphrasing here, but this stretch run, they've had virtually zero margin for error. They've had to keep up with the Dodgers and keep that division lead intact. They haven't had much room for error. When you go into the postseason, when you get into these five and seven game series, 
you do have the ability to, you know, lose a game every now and then instead of having to win every series constantly. Instead of having to win, you know, four of five in order to keep up with the Dodgers, instead of having to go on a winning streak where you're just sweeping teams, they're not going to have to do that so much in the postseason. They're not going to have to do that. But with what Gabe Kapler had to say there, with how he broke down that bottom of the seventh, I can say with full conviction that with these 104 wins that the Giants got, we have seen them win in virtually every way that you can possibly win a baseball game. Some of these teams, you, 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 you see their wins and you look at their numbers and they do it with, you know, they, they do it with the home run. They do it like the Dodgers did it last night where they hit four home runs in the eighth inning. Some teams win like that. Some teams win on the backs of their bullpen. Their bullpen needs to have a good game to keep them in it. Sometimes the starters have to have a good game in order to keep them in. They have to go at least six strong in order to you know give the bullpen some rest, and they're the reason that they win games. But they've also done it with the lineup, too. They've also done it with their defense. We've seen de- the defense save some games for the Giants. I go back to that National Series uh, earlier on this year, that National Series at home where the Nationals were just playing some terrible defense where as opposed to the Giants who were winning the game with defense. But they also won this game one nothing with small ball. How many games have we seen where it's one nothing? Not many. So at the very least, this team has proven that they can win in any way. And now, not only that, but it looks like you got your closer for the future in Camilo Doval. It looks like you got that 100-mile-an-hour flamethrower who has a breaking ball to go along with it. And that's the ball game. The kid has done it again. He's now two for two. How about that? Well, each time he does it, it's getting a little easier. I mean, he's got all the confidence in the world right now. He really believes, and so do the guys playing behind him. What a win for this club. Credit NBC Sports Bay Area for that audio. And the way that Buster Posey... You know, was going up to him. You could see that he he had that smile on his face, and he's like, "Yo, that was clean, <laughs> right?" He's he's saying, "Wow, you know, I haven't I haven't caught a guy like that in a while." My hand hurts. I don't know. He probably said some sort of joke. I heard Buster Posey's a low key funny guy. He just doesn't show it in the media. Uh, but that closer that they got with Doval, and you could round out that bullpen any way that you want to. You're not going to have to. I mean, who knows how often you're going to see what you saw last night, where you get Dominic Leone in the seventh or Harleen Garcia in the eighth. Hell, they got they got Tyler Rogers and Jake McGee who can both go in the in the seventh and eighth inning. You got Tony Watson who can get you through it. I mean, Dominic Leone's been very good this season. Jose Alvarez haven't really talked about him in a while. Jose Alvarez has been great. Uh, they got pieces in that bullpen in order to alleviate maybe some of that pressure that's put on by the starting pitching whenever they don't have their best outing. If it turns into a bullpen game, so be it. Let it be a bullpen game. I think the Giants are equipped to do that with Camilo Doval now uh, being able to come in in the ninth inning and giving Gabe Kapler more flexibility to work with that bullpen. They can win that way. 
They can win with just playing crisp, clean defense and then maybe getting a couple of home runs here and there. They could do it possibly with their starting pitching. Last night, Alex Wood, fantastic. Six strong, striking out six. They could win in a variety of ways, and that's what I have. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to the most uh, with this postseason to see what that theme is, or if they're gonna win using those variety of ways, right? If they're gonna, u- if every game in that series, if every game is different for the Giants, I'm very curious to see how it works out. But we don't know if the National League Division Series is with the Giants yet. We just don't know. There's still two games up on the Dodgers. The Dodgers getting that big win over the Padres last night. I didn't even stay up to watch that Dodgers-Padres game. I thought I was going to be coming in here saying the magic number is officially two. And they could possibly clinch by Friday night against the San Diego Padres. But instead, I come in and first thing I see of the headline is that the Dodgers have a four-home run eighth inning in order to come back against the Padres. But speaking of Buster Posey, I want to know from you at 888-957-9570. Actually, you know what? Let me play the cut first. Let me play the sound first. Let's set it up here with Gabe Kapler because tonight Madison Bumgarner is going to be pitching back at Oracle Park with the crowd there. And here's what Gabe Kapler had to say after the game last night when he was asked toward the end of his postgame interview, hey, Buster Posey going to be starting against Bumgarner? Buster and I discussed him playing tomorrow. I, I just need to kind of check in with him, make sure he came out of the game all right. But uh, I think you can expect to see him in there tomorrow. So you got Buster Posey going up against Madison Bumgarner. And I want to know from you right now, because let's just take a look at what's going on with the NFL. Next week, prime time, we're going to be seeing... Mr. Tom Brady versus Mr. Bill Belichick. We're going to be seeing the former head coach quarterback duo going at it on Sunday night when the Bucks are going to the it's going to Foxborough and Tom Brady's going back to his home to face Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. That's the top story. But the top story in the Bay Area tonight, if Buster Posey starts, is gonna be Posey versus Bumgarner. So I pose this question to you, and I want your participation on this at 888-957-9570 at the text line or the phone number. Which is more enticing to you? Which is the one that's going to get you to watch a game more? The quarterback versus the former head coach or the catcher versus the the pitcher? The player versus the former player? Which is more exciting, the player versus the former coach or the player versus the former player or vice versa, whatever you want to call it. Former teammates going out against the, going against each other. Former teammates versus former player coaches. Which one's more enticing to you at 888-957-9570? Because I think if there's anything at all that was disappointing with this season, it was when Buster Posey was not going to be playing against Madison Bumgarner. It's when... Uh, it's when we saw, you know, Kurt Casale going out there against him. But now you're getting Bumgarner and Posey back at it at Oracle Park. Old friends, old teammates, guys who we've seen celebrate time and time again. One of the lasting images that we have of Madison Bumgarner is just not only what he did through his time with the Giants uh, back up until 2019, but, man, that hug between Posey and Bumgarner... 
it's iconic. It's iconic in San Francisco Giants history. You know, I, I try not to throw that term around too loosely, but it is an iconic photo of Bumgarner and Posey hugging after that Kansas City Royals win. So I want to know from you at 888-957-9570, which is more enticing, the former teammates going at it against each other or the player and former coach going at it against each other? Because to me, look, there is some intrigue with Brady and Belichick, obviously looking forward to it on Sunday night. As a matter of fact, I think uh, as a matter of fact, I think Sunday night, I think the Buccaneers are going to absolutely crush him. <laughs> I, I, I see that working out. I'm sure Belichick has his ways that he's going to go up against Tom Brady and has his, you know, I mean, that's what Bill, Bel, that's what Belichick does. He he takes away what you're best at, and he understands what the quarterback's top qualities are, and he tries to take that away on defense. I don't know if he's going to take that away from... uh, I don't know if he's going to take that away from Brady. So there is that intrigue there, and it was the most talked about game when the schedule release came out, and we saw all the primetime games and whatnot. But, man, with Posey and Bumgarner, I know that I'm sure in Boston it means a lot to those fans over there watching Belichick versus Brady, and they're just hoping that Belichick is the one that wins. Um, I'm not sure how Tampa Bay fans feel about it. They, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they just want Tom Brady to crush them. But here in the Bay Area, here in the Bay Area, you're seeing former teammates possibly go at it. Batter versus pitcher, there's nothing that's better than this. There's nothing that's better. If anything, if you're, if you're a casual fan, this is the type of thing that's going to get you to tune in. This is the type of thing that's going to get you to tune in. And I know that fans are going to be we've had that we had the discussion a while back where we said are fans going to boo Bumgarner or cheer him on when he comes back and you know it and you know obviously the cheer was the uh, was the consensus there but if he was a Dodger maybe it would have been a little bit different but it's not just the fact that it's a it, it's not just the fact that a catcher is going up against a former pitcher but it's just that these two, these two mean so much to the Giants fan base and just to Bay Area sports in general. We define this past decade with how the Giants and the Warriors did uh, in their respective sports. How the 49ers uh, have fared so far back when, you know, back when they were making Super Bowls, but not necessarily winning them, but still making the Super Bowl is hard enough already. And you fall in love with those types of teams. You know, we always talk about the dynamic with Steph, Dre, Clay, Kevin Durant added into that conversation. When you talk about those 49er teams, you're, you know, you talk about Patrick Willis, Joe Staley, Frank Gore, Colin Kaepernick, Alex Smith, all of that. You have these certain players that you think to when you think back on the, on this decade. But the two that stick out the most for Giants fans, besides, you know, the Hunter Pences, the Cody Rosses, the Pablo Sandoval's, those guys who have helped the Giants win these championships. Hell, Tim Lincecum, you know, back uh, back before 2012. Tim Lincecum as one of those guys, too. But it just doesn't seem like there's anything like Posey and Bumgarner and what they've done and seeing them go up against each other. It, it would be the same, I guess, if you saw, I don't know, Let's just hypothetically, and I know you're going to hate me for this, but let's just hypothetically say Clay Thompson went to another team. It would be like watching Steph versus Clay. 
And this is a battle that everyone needs to tune in for. And in case you're just getting into your car right now at 5.56 in the morning, this is the reason why I'm talking about Posey going up against Bumgarner, because you may be saying, well, Posey might not play against Madison Bumgarner. Well, here's what Gabe Kapler said after last night's game regarding Bumgarner's start. Buster and I discussed him playing tomorrow. I, I just need to kind of check in with him, make sure he came out of the game all right. But uh, I think you can expect to see him in there tomorrow. And for the 5 one I don't know, man. That's not even comparable. And you know what, 5 one You're right. You're right, as I'm talking about it, because, you know, you, you you come up with these topics the night before, you maybe have something that you, that you want to talk about, and, you know, you try and come up with these connections, right? And you want to go with this or that. We do this or that on 95.7 The Game, because this or that, everyone has an opinion on it. And as I'm talking about it, 510, as I'm talking about it, you might be right. You might be right. This, if Bumgarner and Posey go against each other tonight, which Gabe Kapler says is a possibility. They talked about it. (laughs) I mean, here in the Bay Area, sure, there's a lot of bias, but Posey versus Bumgarner? This is the ultimate battle right here. This is the ultimate battle. We got a caller here on line one, and you know how I do it. I don't screen the calls. I just take them live on air. And if I happen to answer when you mention what your name is, then that means you are on the air. So what's your name? Where are you calling from, caller? This is uh, Dirty from Alum Rockets, located in San Jose. My man. All right. What's going on? So check it out, man. Um, it's pretty. It's going to sound like a really, you know, easy answer, but it's a tie because uh, who these people are. You know, Bum and Matt, Matt Bum and, uh, and uh, Posey won together, you know? Yeah. They won it together. So this is of higher magnitude, and it'd be great for the fans to see them go at it. Right. Uh, but also, got to give the respect to the GOAT. Uh, you know, Tom Brady and Belichick, they won a lot together. So that's very intriguing. Even though Belichick's roster is not as beefy as Brady's, um, that's still just a, a good, good matchup, man. A really good, you know, kind of like science in the football. But, um, yeah, go Giants, man. Good luck to them. I'm an Ace fan. I'm a Raiders fan, but I'm not a hater. I like to mention that a lot because uh, we get confused a lot. I, I'm, a, I'm a just an honest sports fan. But thanks for taking the call. My guy, of course. Appreciate you calling in. And thank you. You know what? You, you, if, if you're not a Giants fan, you you bring an unbiased take to the conversation. And, and Brady and Belichick, I'm not trying to take anything away from that. But you are right. The defense is, you know, the defense for the Patriots. I don't know how they're going to fare against Tom Brady. It's, it's, you know, former player coach. And those two are the most, they're the most talked about duo in the past 20 years in the NFL. And now they're going up against each other. And, you know, will it ultimately answer that question of, you know, who who, who do you pin those wins on more, Belichick or Brady? Who, who was the one that helped the other? I don't think this game is going to answer that. There's a lot of intrigue. But with Posey and Bumgarner, with Posey and Bumgarner in the 510. You know what you said? I don't know, man. That's not even comparable. I don't even. Uh, I don't know which one is the you know the more intriguing one. Because I think Posey versus Bumgarner, pitcher going up against his former catcher, and battling each other face to face. That's what's beautiful about the sport. I think there's some more intrigue there, at least for me. I'm looking forward to that Sunday night game. Don't get me wrong, and I guarantee you that it's going to be one of the most, if not the most viewed Sunday night game in quite a while. But 
man, there's just going to be something different if Posey goes up against Bumgarner. From the 408, the partnership between a catcher and a pitcher rivals no other partnership in sports. Just another great point by, there by the 408. From the 408, from the 405, excuse me, so a vote for sports.